Nu är vi med det. Nu sitter jag ju med mitt i stan, Kungsgatan. All right. Now, how does one pronounce your last name? If you are from the Netherlands, which I'm not, but then you would say Svetslots. Ah, of course it's a Dutch name that makes all the sense. Yeah. Svetslots? Svetslots, like without the T at the start. I've heard uh, many mispronunciations, so you wouldn't be the first, and I won't be offended. Very good. If you enjoy Nylon Maiden, you can get all the albums at thomasweisen.com. How do you pronounce it in Swedish? Svetslot, I would just say. If I'm lazy, then, then it will be like Svetslot. Oh, it's actually a little uh, diphthong there. Yeah. Slot. Diphthong. It's diphthong in English too, I think. I heard that on the Charismatic Voice uh, YouTube channel. Oh, right, yeah, yeah. She can be kind of nice, but also kind of annoying sometimes. Yeah, it's yeah. a little bit of both, isn't it? She's like catering to nerds, I think, a bit with her looks in a way that is a bit annoying. But I mean, then again, who doesn't well, use, so their, who doesn't use their looks to their advantage if they can? <laughs> yeah. And, and, the, and the vocal stuff is really in-depth. In <laughs> it's, 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 it's like uh, vocal analysis, right? Or am I wrong? Yeah. 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 And very much just about singing. It's not much about like general music theory or even um, any music theory except for the singing. And I think that's cool. Yeah, I really like that. And there's some bits I do like, and there's, uh, like, a, she, she did some, she's done a lot of fun stuff with Maiden, I think. And, uh, whatnot. So. Speaking of doing stuff with Maiden. Doing stuff with Maiden, we've been doing that for a bit, Eric. Yeah. <laughs> and then we'd have given the alternate name for this podcast, but it is not. For it is Maiden A to Z. And we are here. We are here again. Uh, Getting kind of into it again, Eric. Like it wasn't long ago that we hadn't done it for ages. Us two. Yeah, yeah. and now we sort of, as I was informed this uh, just uh, just a few days ago, uh, after recording this episode we're doing this evening, uh, we're basically all stocked up for October. Yeah, I think except for the twenty seventh, which would be oh, if my if my schedule is. Correct, which is, it isn't often, but if it would be, it would be Prowler and uh, Public Enema number one. That could work. I also might have a trick up my sleeve or a treat. Mm, I like those. But today, um, no tricks. Today we don't, no tricks, no treats. Um, no gimmicks. But we do have a bit of a, a an odd song, I feel. Um, Very odd song. It could be, I listened to it just now before we start got started and I yeah. was thinking, wow, it's a weird song. I mean, I've heard it, it plenty. It's on my favorite record by the band. Um, but wow, it's a strange tune. And that's nice for mm. me. And we have also, uh, we have some with us today. Yeah, because um, we've been like regrouping with the old guys, right? But we are staying true to the uh, communal vibe by inviting more guests. Indeed. Still, at this point in the show. Yeah, it's fun to sort of have new faces introduced into into this. You know, we're we're still we're st I mean we're, we're we're you know we're on the back half of it at least, it, even more so probably. But yep. It's still fun that we still you know still have a. Yeah, it's been part of the new. part of the show right since the start, yeah, yeah. which I'm very happy about. And I'm sure you too. too. So who's with us? Well, we have uh, from uh, way up north in Sweden, from the town called Umeå, 
We have a, a gentleman by the name of Theo Svetslot. If I pronounced that correct, pronounced that correctly, or if I did not, then I'm sorry. Oh, it's, it's correct. Good enough Thank for you. government work, of course. There you go. <laughs> but uh, are you actually from Piteå? I, yeah, I remember you true. telling me you were born here in Stockholm, but uh, that you wouldn't recall because within months you had left for Piteå. That's correct. Uh, and that's yeah, for my, you my international listeners, it's pretty close to the polar circle. I studied sound there, so I lived there for about, uh, I could stand living there for about one and a half years, even though I'm like, my family in Sweden is from Norrland, so I feel like a, I'm a bit from there, but uh, it was a little bit of the Lappsjuk, we call it. I don't know what that would translate to, cabin fever or something, but uh, good school. Yeah, that, that's true. My oh, sorry, I'm, I'm gonna turn off the sound on my phone. Uh, new mistake. Yeah, but that's <laughs> true. My, my parents actually met at uh, Sweden Rock the festival. Oh wow! Uh, okay, way on the other side of the country. Yeah, uh, and my mom lived in uh, in Stockholm because my mother is also from uh, from Piteå, and I think that she she thought about moving, and then they got me and uh, figured, well, that would be a great time. I've said that I don't have kids, neither does Eric, but I've said that if I get kids, no way I'm staying in Stockholm. I'm going to move to a boring place so they leave as soon as possible. <laughs> <laughs> That's the way of thinking. No, but I mean, also it's reconnecting with her roots, obviously, and all of that, you know, when the family stage comes along. And uh, yeah, small trivia, you're the youngest guest we've ever had. I was talking to Anton the other week, I think, who was the youngest prior. And we, dethroned. and we realized that he's already older than um, James Hetfield doing Master of Puppets. So he's old. Shit. He's gone. Like, career is, is over. Yeah, basically, I can't, yeah. But uh, you are not. You're 18, right? Yeah, that's true. I, I turned 18 this, this winter. Yes, this February. Very nice. That's cool. Nice. Yeah, I like that. I was very active in my teens, and I was very happy to be allowed to be active in like the metal scene, you know, with those leading guys, Eric, the subside oh, yeah. guys, Ola yeah, England, well, yeah. and, and that crowd who are five years older. So not that much, but I mean, it makes a big difference if I'm 17 and they're 22. So uh, it's always been a big age mix, especially in the music thing. Like Christian in the band, obviously, is 52, I think now, at least 51. Yeah, yeah. And uh, I mean, Eric and uh, Matthias up there too. I realized Henry sometimes. Came in, Henry came in. Oh, Henrik. Yeah, yeah. Well, I'm Eric. you're Eric and also getting there. 40 now. Yeah, yeah, 40. Yeah. But we also have, uh, I mean, how old's, uh, how old's Mr. Mr. Webster? How he's got to be. Oh, it's hard to tell. He's um, handsome Benjamin on Instagram for a reason. Indeed, he is. So we probably, I mean, so we do have a fair, fairly, and you know, maybe, oh, okay. So, so I don't know if we're going to count the lap, but. In the lap of the pod guys, we haven't had them all on, have we? We just had a couple of them on. Yeah, and then uh, I mean, we talked about that before. We, maybe Blaze is the oldest, and then I realized we yeah. shouldn't be too focusing on who's the oldest. <laughs> maybe it's not that nice. No, uh, I mean, yeah. Well, well, I accidentally anyway. called John Gaffney an old timer, and I had to take it back very quickly, and I think he was glad I did, actually. But anyway, yeah, we're here with I a new timer today. Yeah, but I, I think it's sort of fun, because when I found this pod at first... Uh, Hearing someone who'd been there, because I've known Maiden pretty much all my life, but then hearing someone who'd been there and seen them on the World Slavery Tour, so that's fucking cool. It uh, is very cool, right? And a really weird small thing that I've been meaning to um, like pick up for some of this talk in uh, any episode is that on the local Indian restaurant, uh, my drummer, Emil, who's been on the show, um, drummer in one of my bands, an indie tribute band, he was wearing a, an Iron Maiden shirt. And then a random local hangaround, you know, that drinks beer 
in, in that Indian restaurant came up and like, oh, Maiden. And he saw them earlier than any of our guests. He saw them with the, on the Kiss show in 80 oh, in, uh, in Stockholm. Wonderful. So, I mean, they're lurking about here in Talkrogen as well, which is very cool. Oh, wow. So we have, we, of course, we have an origin story coming in. But I thought yes. I, I, there's one thing I need to bring up. And first I would say, unlike the Raven Age, you're here on your own merit on this show. But I have a little like sweat slot origin story that I need to pull out. Maybe some of our listeners do as well. Because uh, I had to ask you, it's uh, your uncle is uh, Jon Svetslot, uh, who plays... Yeah, John. Jon. Jon, right. Yeah, Jon is, the, of course, the other guy in dissection. And um, that's something that dates back for me to uh, actually before high school. So, you know, 14, mm. 13, 14 years old, listening to... Um, he has three tunes on the debut record. Um, three, like, nylon string acoustic pieces on, uh, on the world-famous Sumberlane record. So it's cool, um, and it's an uncommon name, so I thought maybe, yeah, maybe you would be related. But then again, you would be on the show either way, so it, yeah, it's, it's, it's not really that, but I think it's kind of cool. And uh, you also told me that you played drums on The Prisoner when you were four years old. Yeah, uh, with four him, or five. Guitar, with him on guitar, right? Yes, that's true. Uh, yeah, that's because nice. He, that's he nice. still lives in the Instrumstad, which is where yeah. the was founded. So it's it's quite a gap and some miles in between us, but every time we, we see each other, which is usually every summer at least, we try to at least jam a bit. And talk Maiden maybe a little? Yeah, yeah, he's, he's really into yeah. Maiden as well. Yeah, of course he is. I mean, gotta be. If you play yeah, heavy yeah. metal and you're in Sweden, of any any sorts of heavy metal. So yeah, I'm willing to bet that anyone who's in the, in the metal business in Sweden has a... Yeah, there's some weird guys that don't, but uh, let's not even consider that for now. And uh, Eric, you got the Sumberlane. You have have that record? Mm. You do? Indeed, I do. Um, So you've also heard heard the famous uncle playing uh, a bit of nylon, like uh, sideshow mid-pieces. But I also heard from you that he had writing credits on The Night's Blood on the next record, which is one of their biggest songs. That's cool. Yeah. He's got running credits on on a couple of songs on the Summer Lane. Heaven's Damnation, I know for sure. Okay, cool. Mistress of Bleeding Sorrow, I think. Yeah, there, there's a couple of songs. But cool. you won't always wrote the lyrics, of course. But he's got some uh, pieces a bit similar. Yeah. I'd say a lot of times, I mean, there's a lot of, uh, you go back to these sort of um, legends within the genre, and a lot of times it's sort of the very kind of like, oh, this is the... The legendary album. This is this is the real one. This is the good one. This is the you know the, the infamous one. A lot of times those albums aren't really good. They're like they're more infamous than they are good. But for dissection, I feel both those are com- excellent. They're, they're 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 both. I mean, I even like the third one. Yeah, when those, all is said and done, I love all three actually. But yeah, yeah, it used yeah. to be Storm of the Lights Bane that was like the most inviting for sure when I when I was younger. Yeah. And I remember Ink House getting released. I remember the pre-talk, like guys that knew him or knew his friends, and like, it's going to be a lot of Iron Maiden on the new record. I heard that, like, gossip before, <laughs> before Ink House came out, or Rain House. So that's cool. And, uh, of course, a big band for me, and I'm sure for at least five listeners, I will give, I will give it five listeners, at yeah, least. I, I, saw, I saw them on their, on their um, 
uh, when they when they when he just got out of prison, actually, their first. Uh, yeah, I saw that show too. So we were oh, once again was. in the same room. We've been yeah. plenty over the years. <laughs> and there's one more last thing on on dissection that I uh, just recently I was out road tripping a bit with Emil, aforementioned Emil, and uh, we listened to some tracks of Jonatveit uh, singing and playing guitar. Twelve years old, very good. <laughs> That's impressive, and also I have to yeah. say it like his singing, singing is incredible. Yeah, great singing, and I mean he was mentioned by famous, world famous Maiden fans and uh, twins uh, Pelle and Erik Nifelheim as the most musical guy they ever met or played with, at least. So a bit of a legend. Yeah, but we got another legend on here, and uh, we gotta, of course, do your origin story, which I'm. Thinking might be a bit different then, because uh, clearly you wouldn't have been watching um, either World Slavery Tour or Dance of Death Tour. That's true. Uh, it's it's a bit long and complicated, but I will try to, to not drag it out. Uh, you can take as. your time. It's been a while since an origin story. So, so basically, I listened to Maiden since even before I, I had a memory. Uh, my first really clear memory is my mom playing Afraid to Shoot Strangers for me. Mm-hmm. And, and I thought like, hmm, I'm really into Maiden. I knew uh, basically all of their stuff. Uh, back then, I, I really only knew like Halo, Grand Three Hills, this Fair Dark, all of these classics. And then I, when I heard uh, Afraid to Shoot Strangers, I was like, hmm, this has to be a new song. I haven't heard it. Mm-hmm. So what age, what age, is, age is this? Like four? Or? Four or five. So mm-hmm. wow. time that is early. Wasting no time. No, of course not. I mean, it's it's in my opinion the greatest band in the world. Why would you waste time? Yeah, yeah, it yeah. is the greatest band in the world. Yes. But also, there's like uh, this, which hasn't really got anything with with Maiden to do, but it's kind of cool. So when I was like pretty much newborn, and uh, I was crying all the time as newborns do. The only sort of uh, song that would get me in the correct mood was The Wizard by Black Sabbath. Every oh, time I, I heard that, that song, song, I turned glad. Personal favorite of mine, a karaoke number of mine, where I do also air harmonica. Yeah. Yeah, it's a great song, definitely. Yeah, I love it. With yeah. you that one. I love it, too. However, uh, another really like strong memory is, is the gig in Gothenburg in 05, which was broadcasted all over all over television in Sweden. Oh, I, mean, I, I used, I mean, of course, I was born when it happened, but I was like six months old, so of course I wasn't there. <laughs> but since it was broadcasted on television, I I watched it almost every night before I got to bed, when regular kids would watch kids shows and uh, stuff like that. Right, because this I, is I preschool preschool age for sure. Yeah, before even four. kindergarten, kinda. Yeah. yeah. So that's that's cool. All right. That's a good Bible, a great Bible. Yeah. Some guys will have Live After Death, the VHS or something that they would watch religiously. And uh, I think 05 is uh, an even better gig. I agree. It's an awesome gig. And there's songs in there that you, that they never played since, almost. Yes. Yes. A few of them, even. Yeah. And probably will not play. 
again. No, probably not. No. Probably not. So as you, as you come up to the age where you are allowed to, um, let's say, mix your own soft drinks, soft, oh, or, yeah. uh, like then you're already pretty versed in Iron Maiden when you're like seven. Oh, yeah, 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 definitely. And then I, as always, for almost everybody, have this, uh, like, his... To, he's born in 03, I'm born in 05, but he was he's born late 03, so there's like uh, pretty much one year between us. An older oh, yeah, cousin. Yeah, cousin, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I remember telling you, you have to bring that up because I like to say there's always a cousin involved. And I remember seeing the final frontier like uh, cover on his bedroom wall. Mm. And I was like, shit, this is cool. And that's also like. Holy, there's new Maiden stuff out there that I haven't heard. So there was just like kind of, again, when I realized like, okay, I love this band, but I'm definitely not an expert and there's much more music to to listen to. It was and a lot of fun digging. Uh, it was 12 albums when I did it, right? So a yeah. little bit easier, but uh, 15 then, right? Was, was that album number 15, right? Satellite yeah. 15? Would be, yeah. yes. Released so, in 2010, right? So I should be like yep. five or six years old when I when I saw that. And then he obviously he guided me through the jungle of like uh, Maiden stuff. One of his favorite albums is Another Life and Death, which is pretty rare to have as a favorite album, I would say. But then that also made it one of my favorite albums at mm. the start. Because, um, like, among younger-ish fans, I've heard and seen it quite a bit, haven't we, Eric? Like, uh, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Dan, yeah. it's his favorite record. He's not that young, but, uh, I mean, I think he turned 30 now. But uh, it's his favorite, and I know that Andreas Lingen, while it maybe isn't his favorite, it's highly regarded by him, for sure. I mean, it's it's up there for me as well. Maybe not the, you know, maybe not. Maybe that always is very, fluctuates quite a bit for me, but it is, uh, it's a great album. Um, um I'm curious now, Theo, about um, what do you think about um, the Final Frontier today? Having had that memory, yeah, I I remember liking it when I first heard it. How does it rank today? No, not exactly rank, but it's definitely in the bottom half. Okay, fair enough. I feel like it's it's it feels uncompleted. They should have spent more time on sort of getting it more pitch perfect. Ah, because, that's what I feel about a matter of life and death, actually, that feels like they kind of just did it, uh, which is cool in its way. But uh, I mean, I, I, I tend to like shorter albums, too. I just do in, in hard rock and that maybe work harder on those 40 minutes than you do on 80 minutes. Or yeah, I'm allowed to say it's, it's a really long album, Matter of Life and Death. Probably too long. Yep, yep. Actually, before now, after I had listened to Prophecy preparing for this episode, um, uh, Isle of Avalon came on, and it sounded great. I have to say, so I'm, it's an album that surprises me every now and then. You know? Yeah, uh, I'm not here to say that it's a bad album, and I no, like no, it's in it my bottom half as well for I, sure. When I first heard it, but after sort of expanding, I listened to some of the Blaze stuff. I got more and more into Seventh Sun and those mm. uh, deep cut songs. And I was like, right. it's great, but it's not yeah, that great. It's fun with that, with the cousin too. My, my cousin, I asked him about Seven Sun way back when. And he was like, sadly, it's Iron Maiden's worst record. <laughs> and I always bring that up when I talk to him. Like, you remember you said Seven Sun was the worst record? My uncle, I remember he purchased uh, Seven Sun. And then the first track that he heard was Can I Play With Madness? And he was like, 
fuck, what the fuck is this shit? This isn't my maiden. And then it took right. years for him to put it back on again. And now he realized what a great album it is. So, like Christian opinions can Holy change. Smoke. <laughs> he heard Holy Smoke once, stopped listening for 10 years. talk about uh, live gigs as well oh Being yeah band, when i was seven years old i started a countdown because there was obviously this age limit of 13 i think it is because of yep, the yep. the volume and then yeah, i came about mom, like uh, recently yeah then i remember i said to my mom like damn it i i really want to see made in live and i had a countdown like okay now it's only six years left well now it's five and then Clive Burr passed. Uh, wow. And I remember, like, when Clive passed, I got this shock. Like, oh, no, it's one of the current Maiden members. They're gonna... Like, of course, it's it's sad as fuck the way he passed. But for... He wasn't current, obviously. Yeah. No, but <laughs> I fought that. And that yeah. uh, gave me really, really bad feelings. Because then I figured, like, oh, pretty much the goal of my life just got shattered. Ah, uh, yeah. yeah. Wow, it's a very different um, hopping on point in that sense, right? They were really old, because when I started listening, we referred to them, them as old geezers. Yeah. They were they were not that old <laughs> at that time. Not really, like, pretty fresh at, on the 2000 run. However, uh, I, I got to see them first time at uh, Stockholm 2018. Brilliant show. Oh, yeah, yeah. That was so a great we gig. In was the same gig. room as three then. Yeah. Yeah, it was slightly before we started this podcast. I knew Eric, but um, I didn't know you were that big in on Maiden, actually, at that time. So we were not there together. We were just in the room, just like you. The three of us, th- three different satellites. Plus 40,000 something other people too. But Ah, uh, yeah, yeah, of course. Yeah, but uh, the more the merrier when it comes to yeah, Maiden yeah, shows. Yeah, of course. When it comes to Maiden shows. I, cool. I think that, that that was a great gig too. Awesome. Absolutely. So my, favorite, my favorite that I've seen uh, in person is that one. Mm-hmm. I would say. Like, and I'm obviously, Gimme Ed as well. I've obviously only seen two, the second one, me oh, and Gothenburg, last summer. <laughs> mm. And although it's it's on the same tour, the Gothenburg gig and, and the one in Stockholm, I far more enjoyed the Stockholm gig, actually. I have to say it. It was better, but the Gothenburg gig was um, a was different great. experience. It was more of a big outdoors. Me and Eric were united. We had this podcast. And we met miraculously just as Dr. Doctor played. So that gig had a nice... That's cool. Um, what would you call it, Eric? It's like a big ticket holiday feel to it? Yeah, it did. But it also felt like this weird kind of... Because we were so... We were so... Um, we were COVIDed. 
Yeah, yeah I don't, I don't know if any of the guys listening at home uh, remember this. <laughs> but there, yeah, right. <laughs> there was like a couple of years of stuff was weird. No, but no, but so it was like, for me, it was like, first off, just the way we met up there and that was fun. And we were standing in the crowd and I, I, I remember I got like this sort of, and I haven't, you know, uh, I, I can't think of any, I mean, this has happened very few times in my life where I got this, when Dr. Doctor started, that's like the first time I realized, oh my God, this is actually happening. Cause it's still, oh, yeah. there's a part of me up until that point, didn't think this might not happen because of any gazillion reasons it could, you know, go wrong at this time. Cause that's the way you kind of saw the, these big events at that point. True. And I got this sort of like, I was just sort of like really nervous, ex- excited feeling in me. And like, it, I hadn't had quite a lot of, well, you know, it's it made me feel like I was a kid again. And that was really cool. And that, that's so that, so that, that what, for me, that was very special. I mean, it didn't now the gig itself was, it was great. Uh, I, I do prefer the, I, th- I think the 2018 one was better. And I think that the one I saw this past summer in Dublin was, was better as well. But, um, yeah, I agree actually that this gig now in both in Tampere and in, um, in Poland were, a, 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 were better gigs in, in overall, like counting all aspects. Mm. Yeah. And, uh, this, this 18 gig was uh, really cool. I remember Bruce sounded great. It was, uh, mm. The band sounded great. They played some songs that I hadn't heard. I missed the 05 gig, so I hadn't heard where it gets there, for example. I have to say, for me, Stockholm is a much superior concert town than Gothenburg, based on my experiences. Uh, I feel like the the people were sort of nicer, or at least there were these like bigger gatherings in the city, and you really noticed that there were a maiden were playing. You saw guys with maiden t-shirts everywhere. Uh, it's nice to hear that, but I actually think Gothenburg is a superior yeah. rock town, and I think it was this, the town felt super involved. But I don't know about you know the actual people when it comes down to it. I couldn't say really. I haven't spent that much time in Gothenburg, but as a rock town, I, I hold it pretty high actually. Well, yeah, yeah. I, don't get me wrong here. I, I love Gothenburg uh, as a city, and uh, most parts of my family are from the west coast of, of Sweden, so it's really That's close to, to Gothenburg. We, we've been there a lot. Uh, I love the town, however, uh, and this might as well have to do with the fact that there, there was Gotia Cup, this huge uh, mm. football cup, soccer cup. That could be a problem, but Steve wouldn't mind, I guess. No, he wouldn't. Massive gatherings with metalheads, and then there was like these small football girls walking around at the same time. And I, I remember they walked past the the concert area with this huge boombox and pumping out like dance music and i was like holy shit you're i think, I think that when i was yeah. i felt like whenever i mean if you're in stockholm and maiden are playing or some big bands playing you know yeah you you can definitely tell there's there's a lot of places that that, that is very apparent but it's also somewhat avoidable if you don't want to deal with it in gothenburg for me it's always felt like the whole sort of town is like at least the center of town is definitely very you know it's hard to you know most you'll, you'll hear maiden coming out of like any given bar Essentially, but I guess again, also yeah. maybe that's also because when I'm there, I live in Stockholm, so I'm not when I'm here. It's not like I'm walking around looking for that stuff. If I'm in Gothenburg for a gig, I'm there for the gig, and I'm there for a good, just hanging around, and having a good time. So I'm probably more inclined to encounter that kind of stuff. So a I don't know. Point, yeah, yeah, that's true. And for me, it's probably the opposite. Like if I'm in Gothenburg, we try to time it with a with a big gig. Like this summer, we saw Metallica at oh, nice. and great gig. We were only able to witness the second night, though. They made this two nights, two different set lists. Yeah, I had some friends going, and they said they watched both, and they said the second night was uh, better. Yeah. However, then I noticed, like, that the whole city was involved, but 
not as much when I so maybe yeah. well also Stockholm is not your hometown so maybe you see it with different eyes when you get here and you really notice the devotion more than I would because I always feel like we should be more devoted when our maiden is here it's like come on guys yeah, I, <laughs> probably. I agree but then again it was my first show so I was like just like I was high on maiden the whole day perfect it is and we're diving into the late 80s in this world well, are, yeah. record, and at this point, I don't feel that uh, over overbearing enthusiasm. I am still very enthusiastic going into this record, but we've got to say a lot on it. This is the second to last song that we do on the on the uh, record. It's the second to last song on the record too, right? It is, yeah. Just like Power Slave last time. Second to last, second to last. So, which one do you have left on this album? The title track. Oh yeah, of course, yeah. of course. Yeah. Really good song. I noticed a little thing that I want to run by you. Um, mm-hmm. When you think Seventh Son, do you think epic, right? Yeah, of course. But I looked at the song lengths because I was thinking, okay, Prophecy is probably one of the shortest songs. It's 5.05. But I noticed there are not really any long songs aside from the title track. Even Infinite Dreams is six minutes flat, pretty much. Six minutes, nine seconds. And I think that's a big reason also for me really digging, listening to this record in its entirety because it is... I've said that many times. It's very very well sequenced, and it's not uh, overstaying any welcome. It packs a good punch. Yeah, this is one of the of the few albums when I because I'm a I'm a Spotify listener. Uh, mm-hmm. As am I. Might as well normally, uh, normally. Uh, yeah. hate me for that. Uh, like this uh, nerds in Sweden group. You can't oh, say yeah, that you're yeah. a Spotify the listener. Are made nerds in Sweden. <laughs> yeah, that that group is that that is a ridiculous. That's. Eric, uh, Gr- gr- grown ass men whining about g- getting each other's. I don't know. I think that gr- group can be kind of silly. Eric Alker got banned for posting too many of our cover versions, and I was thinking, okay, yeah, I can see how that, how that could be annoying, but isn't it very on topic to post it is. versions of the uh, band? This, you know, this is a big tribute to the band, bigger than posting a picture of your trooper ale, I think. Yeah, and it um, and it can also bring a new co- light yeah. to some of the songs. Oh, sorry, Eric, go on. I just wonder how many covers was by 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 the. By the the brain trust that runs Iron Maiden or Sweden, how many by their by their measure was too many? Did they say how many did he post? Wasn't that many? Two, three, but uh, uh, in a I short mean, time. Yeah, that, that's ridiculous. There are tons of people posting like, "Oh fuck you! I have have the whole collection of vinyl and every press since fucking Soundhouse tapes." And yeah. I'm like, okay, but I'm a fan and I've been ever since I was born. So yeah. can we just be glad yeah. that we love the same band? Then? Stop I think, bragging about yeah. who's got the most memorabilia. Like that's just. I think I think that you you get a lot of that in that group. I don't know why, because I mean these are all, you know, dudes in their like in their forties to fifties who I don't know why they get so worked up about this. You listen on Spotify and you get some. I don't know what, what what this person's going on in his life or how little fucking you know substance that exists in his life <laughs> that he feels a need to fucking you know you, you know. Go to as we say in Swedish, Pashun and Grep, because he has a larger collection than you. Yeah, he's probably like three decades yeah, older than you. Like yeah, twice <laughs> you know, minimum. Yeah, yeah of you know, course, yeah, of course. And it's not about acquiring objects. Obviously, it isn't right. It's cool no. if you've seen the band live. It's a plus. I would say doesn't have to be a hundred times. I, I say often. I haven't even seen a ten. I think nine or something, which is way less than most of our guests. Yeah. On the show, and I don't feel like that's uh, for me. It's not like a, 
an area where I feel I fall short is just the amount of time I no, saw them. No. But I'm happy, like, for example, that Eric saw them three times on a tour that I skipped. It's good. You know, it's a good compliment for me. Yeah, yeah. But, like, it's super cool. Like I said at the beginning, these guys have seen them way back from the World Slavery Tour. That's great, but right? And again, Love it. I've seen every show that I've been able to go to. What more can I possibly do? I haven't, I, and I haven't, and I'm still okay with my <laughs> fandom. <laughs> yeah, you, you, meet the, you meet these fucking pricks. Sometimes I mean, out in the wild where they go like, you know, like, oh, you know, I saw the fucking tour before. Like, yeah, well, I'm, that's, that's great for you. Uh, I, I was uh, like a negative 30 years old at that point, so I didn't get a chance to go, dumbass. You right, know, like, yeah. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. What's, what's the point of that kind of weird kind of, I mean, it's always they're overcompensating for something, but yeah. I don't know, it just seems it's ridiculous. Actually, I remember I one thing now because you said this, Eric. I went to saw mm-hmm. the band Job uh, the other year. A uh, great band. Of, uh, I saw them the year before that. The they were <laughs> And a guy shows up after the show, and I'm like, wow, that was great. And he's like, but they were much better at Roadburn. <laughs> and I actually, <laughs> I actually wouldn't have it. I actually told him, like, that doesn't matter to me or anyone here. What are you talking about? Stop talking about you at a festival. I don't want to hear it. Like, it yeah, was a great so show. Let's focus on that. Yeah. You probably had a great time. The show was great. Everybody in there. It was amazing. Time. And then this amazing. prick comes up to tell you that, yeah. oh, but they've been better. Yeah, it's like one-upping Who me cares? by one, but, 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 but yeah. by minusing his own just recently experienced show. He's yeah. one-upping me by pulling down something that he was part of. <laughs> Stop it. Stop. Yeah, I, I, I had an argument with a much better guy like that, that road, at Roadburn, actually. So I'm like, that's a okay. <laughs> <laughs> What's the point? He like, probably yeah, was a better I, guy, though. <laughs> yeah, I mean, obviously. <laughs> I haven't had many of those run-ins in Maiden Circles, but I will say that I'm very happy with the uh, Maiden to see Friends of the Beast. That's a good, that's yeah, a good group. Yeah, 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 of course. That group is awesome. Credits to, Eric for, credits to Eric for setting up shop for that one. I've never seen any... Um, like uh, needless arguments is bullshit that other people get. This it's it's very supportive and very fun place. Yeah, um, yeah I like totally it. With you. It's, it's kind of active now. There's something happening every day. Because yeah, in the way beginning, I was so scared about being left alone. So I told my best friend, "Can you please just put a like on everything I post there for a bit?" <laughs> I had no idea you did that. That's <laughs> no, he did, but he did very smoothly because he stopped at an instant when actual activity was. Found. Oh, that's great. That's just yeah. supportive. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. He had my back, and he never liked anything on there, on there since. <laughs> he loves uh-huh. our maiden. <laughs> However, going back to what I mentioned earlier, yes. like I am a Spotify listener, so yeah. I used uh, sometimes I listen to like uh, playlists like shuffled. Uh, mm-hmm. Yep, that's me but too. Me too. Seventh Sun is one of the few albums that I almost always start and listen to it completely to the way end. And I can even do it twice if I feel like it. Ah, nice. It's it's such a good good album. Which obviously, <laughs> wow, breaking news. Some of Sun is good, but yeah, I, I, I really I really <laughs> like it. Eric, didn't you say something uh, along those lines? Like having heard like the seven deadly sins that you feel well not obligated to, but you feel um, encouraged to listen to the whole thing. Yeah, at that point. I think that I, 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 every time we do any song from this album, so you know. Uh, <laughs> I guess what well, so we've done six so far. Yeah. Um, I always feel the need like, oh, and I, I'll always go back and listen to the song, and then like, and then I end up listening to the whole thing through. Yeah. Um, and I'll say I have points about that that very much uh, involve this song. We're gonna get to that, uh, but it's definitely one that's that you want to listen to the whole way through. I think I think also even the peace of mind. That's also one for me. I also and I always almost always listen the whole way through. 
Yeah, but it's not as much of that type of record, maybe, but it's also no, it's like not. absolutely brilliant in every possible way. And yeah, it was yeah. your favorite when we got in here, and then you kind of um, came on board with Seven Sun for a bit there for some Desert Island thing. Mm. And uh, I will always say, like, uh, Peace of Mind is the best record, but Seven Sun is my own favorite. Yeah, but then going back yeah. to like No Prayer, I would never listen to that the whole way through without reasoning. I listen to one of the sides usually when I listen to that. Uh, the A side is uh, yeah, not that bad. The A side is pretty good actually. Yeah, but it, it goes downhill. Let's say that. Yeah, and we're not there. We're on Seventh Sun. Yeah, and and the prophecy and uh, again a pretty weird tune. This one, it kicks off with that little intro. I was noodling it. Now you can't hear that over Zoom. It filters it out, but it's a very beautiful little uh, guitar. Yeah, yeah. And it starts with like an A minor uh, over E, which is not super common for Maiden mm. on the light strings. And then it, the next one was, uh, let me check that out because there's an interesting chord, some interesting chords there. They don't often meddle with weird chords. F add nine, G7, A minor. And uh, I love the sound of it. It's uh, ethereal, I would call it. What do you think, Eric? Is that a good yeah, word choice? That's a, that's a good word choice. And then you have these sort of, the, the, there's a lead that comes in there. Um, yeah, noodle that too. The, um, uh, how, how is it? <laughs> I, I kind of, these very sort of very... Yeah, but the sound is just very, very, for lack of better words, uh, like very... I mean, a lack of any words, apparently, like I think what I'm going to say. <laughs> I would say it sounds uh, melancholic, very melancholic. Melancholic, but yeah, also yeah. just sound, just the sound itself sounds very... Um, that's harder to uh, describe. To be fair, to, be yeah, fair to you, um, it's pretty hard to describe the sound, but there is a sound sort of, for sure. <laughs> yeah, very lush. Theo, maybe. how would you describe lush? the sound? I don't know. Is that a word? That's a word. Uh, I would say, like, uh, you immediately hear, like, oh, this is some song. For sure. Lots of identity. And it's probably not as much like... If I would have heard it just like right out of the blue, I probably wouldn't think that it is made. Like I was on earlier before you joined Jonathan with Eric, like this isn't really much like any other Maiden song. No, it's a different song for sure. Again, one of the most different songs. And this this little um, lead, it's kind of like goes from minor to minor, so it starts in E minor, and then at the end he uh, has a little different end to the second phrase, which is pretty much, other than that, a copy of the first phrase, moved down, but at the end he goes for the A, lands on that, so you get like the, uh, this is not a theoretical term, but I'm going to use it, a double minor feel, like it's uh, it's in double minor key, which doesn't exist, but uh, yeah, it makes it melancholic, uh, makes it ethereal, and it's quite a quick intro, right? It's shorter than most of his. Yeah, it's short. uh, but I like it. I like it. Shouldn't be that dragged out. I think. I think it's perfect the way it is, actually. Yep. And then you get this curious rhythm, this kind of mm. man of war rhythm. I would call it. Do you, did you listen uh, to man of war at all? Da, 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 da. Yeah, 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 yeah. I like. This is a triplet type rhythm that is very, actually, a very jolly type rhythm that is like we go without stink the bad. There's something, some sweet. Yeah, yeah. I nice. actually get that as well. Like uh, sing along, sort of. Uh, yeah, it's in minor. It goes to D minor at that point, but it sounds, it's a very happy rhythm. Uh, not maybe a great rhythm, but it mm. works for the setup. It's like uh, you're watching some 
play in uh, in Flea Bottom in King's Landing in Game of Thrones world. You're watching some amateur play and it's like and they ride in on a on a fake horse or something. So it's a bit like uh, it's not super cool, but it is cool. Hard for me to explain it better. What do you think about this yeah, rhythm, Eric, that hits you? How do you feel? I'll say first first time I heard it when I was um, oh must have been uh, sometime the summer of um, so it had been 17 I guess around the first time I heard it 16 17 something around there uh, I I didn't like it initially because that was very different when I was used to and it was a bit jaunty if you know, like a, it had like you know, uh, as we just said uh, uh, you know um, so I didn't quite I think they kind of put me off it initially. Mm-hmm. And then I uh, it took a little a little while to come back to it uh, properly, uh, but uh, I think what happened was what ended up happening with that was h- how I eventually um, did discover that I enjoyed it. CD. This is one of those, like, like a third or fourth album I bought, and I think I was listening to it, and I was doing something else at the time, so I had a, I was nowhere near the stereo. Usually, I you know if I didn't like a song, I'd, I'd jump over it at that point, but I, I was nowhere near it, I guess, and I just or I was maybe I was logging in bed or something, listening to it. I heard the whole thing, and then I'm actually like, yeah, that's pretty good. I'll get into that a lot because it has some type of function I think on the record both musically and story wise I think my theory is that it was done last there's no proof for this or anything but I think it would be kind of typical Dave move to come in with a a nice intro and uh, some outlines you know a mood this has to be a Dave song that is that is is documented Dave and Steve Dave and Steve you don't see that super often I don't I feel like no. the lyrics, we, we aren't going to get into that right now, but they are very stevish. They are very stevish, for sure. And the way they're sung and everything. But um, the song, again, it has a storytelling mood that reminds me of some kind of... It's like an amateur theater, but in the medieval days, which is cool. Uh, yeah. And it's very theatrical, over the top almost. But I like those uh, the spoken word things, for example because we all like our death metal and black metal and it gives a little bit of that vibe because mm. the non-melodic yeah. singing Zors cry laughter kind of call and response as well Bruce to Bruce which is um, kind mm. of neat And but it's also a weird pre-chorus it's really weird and then the chorus is also weird and it keeps changing key all the time in between all these parts so it's I guess you could say it's a jarring song uh, yeah Bruce to Bruce that's one of the things that I do not like about this song Excellent. Okay, so I feel, I feel in, like in which way do you feel it's uh, cheesy or uh, yeah, it's cheesy, corny? Because it is cheesy. I, I still like it though. <laughs>
I feel like it's a bit too serious actually. It's, I feel like Maiden wouldn't do that. Like I would be okay if if uh, someone else did it, but I, I don't feel like. But that also goes for this whole song. Like it's not Maiden, and they have they done it after, or have they done some? Never like done this? it live. Never done it live. And that goes for on this album. It's only that, and actually a song that very much should have been played a lot, and that's only the good I am. The rest have been performed. How would they do it if they done it? Like, would they leave out this suffering and pain? Mm, like yeah, that part, would they leave that out? What do you think? Eric? I think they try to give it a go. I think they try to do something with it. Yeah, Steve should do it. That would be cool. <laughs> but yeah. I, I mean, uh, there's it's like a production number. I think like a lot of bands used to have that. You know, in the days when you kind of. You were pretty much more of a live band in the studio, but a lot of bands would have a song that they initially knew we're not going to do this live, and they then they would take liberties in terms of how they would stack up the layers and produce it. And I think this is one of such kind. Yeah, I I need to say though before we get too much mm-hmm. uh, into the song, I love the way that Nico is playing the right here on this song. Mm. The whole sort of song, I feel like, is centered around Nico's playing. Only recently we listened to his amazing track on Power Slave, but uh, I clearly, and I think you too remember when we listened to uh, the drums, the drum track isolated from Can I Play With Madness and how incredibly oh, yeah, yeah. good it was. Yeah, yeah. And you're a drummer too, right? Yeah, sort of. I have uh, some experience with drums. When, when he comes back from the fields uh, and back to the uh, sort of ride, that is done so smooth. That, that's one of those corny, like, yeah, spruce, spruce. Kind of corny, but I mean, yeah, come on, man! It's very metal. Yeah, I'm not. I'm not here to hate. It's just not my. I don't think there's any isolated tracks. There is something on YouTube, however, the quality isn't like... Ah, so it's self-made. Like nowadays I can do that for any song with with the AI, but uh, the real deal is much better. Yeah, of course. Cool intro. Seven Sun vibes to the max, I think. Yeah, really Seven Sun vibes here. And of course, Dave. Davey vibes. When the the drums comes in, I like that part. Like, doom! Yeah, uh, he's choking the symbol. Kind of a Lars Ulrich entry, actually. Yeah. Now that I know that the right time has come, my prediction will surely be true. The impending disaster is looms, and the whole of the village is doomed. Why won't you listen to me? Is it so hard to understand? That giant of your seven son! So the lyrics, Eric, 
I have things to say. I'm sure Theo has too, but uh, I'm kind of curious what you think about them before I start spewing my opinions out. Well, on I this mean, particular verse, then. So they're not they're not necessarily the best lyrics on the on the album, um, but I feel that what sort of occurred to me even more so listening to it now is you know in like um, and lyric wise it even it kind of fits the theme it very much fits the, the central theme of the of the album and I think maybe perhaps it was added on to have another song that fit the theme yeah to complete the yeah. album but also to to full kind of well they say themselves that there was a half baked concept but um, to at least top off that half baked concept yeah. I'm sure it was written like with that in mind but I was gonna say I don't think these are, lyrics are good at all in this first verse. I, I think, think it's I think one of some of the worst maiden lyrics I've ever seen. The first verse is horrible, but I think it gets it gets better actually. Uh, again, like I feel good when I listen to this song from my favorite album by this band, and uh, I don't want to be very critical, but I just just looking at these lyrics now, it's they're not good. Now that I know that the right time has come, my prediction will will surely be true. The impending disaster it looms. The whole of the village is doomed. Why won't you listen to me? Is it so hard to understand that I am the real seventh son? You know, it's like, it's pretty bad. <laughs> and like you mentioned earlier, I really feel like they needed to have a song that ties back to the sort of concept. And then they were like, oh, let's splice in sevenths and uh, devils and souls. And yeah and if they realized it was half-baked uh, that makes a lot of sense what you yeah. say and i agree that, that they probably like okay we can make it a little bit tighter by making this song very into the concept but i like that part of it it's just not very but nice words for this if you compare bit. it to like moonshine which also, which also was like uh, like part of the concept those lyrics are much better, in my opinion. Yeah, but Moonshine also has that Alistair Crowley thing. We actually failed to talk lyrics in that episode. I got some flack for that, so we have to do that when we finish this record later. We didn't like mention anything. I said, like, yeah, there was a movie, and it was pretty good, but low budget. That's all we said about the lyrics in Moonshine, which is uh, not good. Very I, bad, I very, very bad. probably should have see. checked it this before we started, but is this lyrics, or is this song based on anything like a book or a movie or something? I don't think mm. so. It's very Harry so, yeah. and and yeah. I think also the I play the verse now just on guitar, and it's kind of a four power chords that are very much a Harris verse. Now that I know that the right time has come, my prediction will surely be true. The impending disaster is looms, and the whole of the village is doomed. Why won't you listen to me? Sounds like a self-important prophet. Is it so hard to understand? You should have followed my lead. Now we're all doomed. Unlikable seventh son of a seventh son. The phrasing of the lyrics in this. Like, there's so much words spliced into very little, uh, like, Effect. time. Uh, there's too much lyrics. Like it's a lot of singing, and uh, even having to use double voices to get it all in there. And uh, Yeah. Yeah, well, I, I'm just not very impressed by these lyrics. This is the first time I look at them this way, and uh, I can't say I like them, but it's also hard to say that I don't like them, because uh, this song is cool. It's a cool song. It's a very unique song, and I like that they tried their best if that was the case you know we're just guessing but if they did that i like the fact that they try and make a song super conceptive i think i think that you this sort of uh, even musically you know like sometimes in these if you have these like um 
if uh, so, if a symphony is playing this whole like a whole sort of like yeah, this whole sort of longer piece, and sometimes during that longer piece, there'll be bits that kind of yeah. For example, like, the overture, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And I think this yeah. feels like maybe that's also an attempt because musically, uh, the the intro, the, 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 the there's bits that kind of are reminiscent of the a song that comes right before there in the sort of middle bit. Kind of. Not, not, the title not, track, I, I think that's a great point, Eric, because I never thought about it, but the title track has some of those vibes in rhythm and in melody. Yeah. Now that, now that you say yeah. it, so that's a cool point. Never thought yeah. about that. Would you guys say that this is the song that ties back most to the concept on the album? I think it links, it's a link between other things in the, in the mix. Um, um, yeah, look, I have a lot of theories on it, but we also need that for the um, Seventh Sun uh, wrap-up thing that uh, we're going to do later. Yeah. But uh, basically, it's a lot of songs that had nothing to do with this concept. Uh, like even Moonchild, I think, was strictly like a, a cool, devilish tune, and with the Alistair Crowley influence, which Bruce would dive into now and then. Even on Revelations, some of that, and then of course, Chemical Wedding. Uh, and I think Infinite Dreams is about dreams. It's not about actually the protagonist dreams. Uh, that's um, added after the fact. Can I play with Madness? Um, that's just a funny song, right? It's just a fun, good time, an 80s uh, banger, rocker, happy. L- mm. Like I told you before, Jonathan, that's the worst song on the album, in my opinion. I think most uh, people would pin that or this as the worst on the record. I just feel like, can I play with Madness? It doesn't really fit the vibe. I, I, I have a difficulty with this album thinking of any, any of the songs as the worst. Yeah, and I mean, uh, yeah. But I, I know, that's just, that's just me. That's just me I, being, I told but, yeah, my friend when I, when I prepared for this episode that uh, I've come to the conclusion that there's not a bad second on this record. Nope, it's Super not. Super Maiden record. It's the most Maiden of the Maiden albums, I think. It's, it's like, no other band sounds like this. And I love it. So, uh, yeah. yeah, it's well, great. What I'd say is, this song and we can listen to let's listen to the next little bit yeah i noticed all the key changes uh, or mood changes in general doesn't have to be theoretical but it's a lot of mood changes a lot of rhythm changes and a lot of key changes it's a very um maybe uh, disparate might be the wrong word but it's uh, it's not focused this track it's all over the place am i correct in the fact that so we have this uh next bit of uh melody here vocal melody and then basically the melody wise all the way out it's vocal wise there's nothing new that comes in, is that correct? Oh yeah, there's not a single verse left, is it? It's just uh, no, it's not. pre-choruses and choruses. So it's that stupid verse in the beginning, sorry Steve. The chorus is a bit interesting. I want to hear you guys' opinion on, on it. Uh, we could listen to it then. It's not a very chorusy chorus, I think. What do you think about the chorus, Eric? Is it a cool chorus? If I brought it into our imaginary band, would it? I'd say... I said we need to work on that. I'd say I've heard someone, I can't remember which movie it is, there's a guy who's a producer, and he's telling a band, like, Here, here's, here's our song, and he's like sitting there for a minute, and then he goes, so the chorus is the verse, and then he just leaves the room. And Ah, uh, uh, yeah, I remember that. Like, That's may- a great may- way may- to maybe, say it. Maybe that, because it, I feel like... Sounds like a pre-chorus to me. So yeah. it's not the, it's not a verse, but it sounds like a pre-chorus, like it would charge you up. And yeah, it, it definitely tension, does not tension. feel like the chorus. 
Right, it kind of still builds tension, but this whole song builds tension, and that's maybe a, a cool thing about it, that it's never really releasing itself no. at any point. It's just complete tension all the way yeah. through. So should we get to the uh, little interlude here? Because here it kind of, this is the thing is with this song, is that initially I, and I didn't really know uh, all the members and all the stuff and everything, so mm-hmm. I sort of misread it, and I thought this was a song by the two guitarists. For some oh. Reason. oh, which never happened, actually. That's never happened. But in, in my mind, I said, oh, that makes sense, given what's about to happen all the it way. It kind out. of makes sense, you know. It does. Just not yeah. when, when you know how they operate, but it yeah. does Cor- 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 now, now, now that you, you know, you know better, obviously it's, you know. Wanna, wanna, yeah, it's not how they let's work. Do the, let's do some guitar here. It's a pretty cool interlude. Medieval flair. Eric, you remember when we talked about horse tempos? Yeah. This is another one. Complete new key. And another medieval theme. This is very medieval. It mimics the verse. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's also what I thought about. I like that bit. But isn't this like sort of... I feel like sometimes it comes off as lazy. And I feel like this is obviously Yannick wasn't in a band at this time, but I feel like <laughs> Yannick for some reason Poor always Dan. does this when I like Yannick. I, I need to say it, but he always plays like the song melody. He plays. But I'm over not it. sure if it's his call or actually Steve wants. No, it it, it's probably not. It but I mean, Steve. they are free guitarists. They need to do something with it. But I will not agree on this one because I think it's uh, sounding way different, and it's just I haven't really realized it's that it's based on on the verse uh, up until now. Listening very carefully uh, and i think it's a cool it's a cool melody with nice a nice bend touch so it's not just like it's not lazy but i would say it's hastily written it sounds to me like it, they i don't think they spent a shit ton putting the song together no another change of key and tempo they right For sure. Very cool solo, very melodic. For me though, this one is better actually. Adrian. I mean, what, what else is new? They're, they're great. Uh, I think that the solos uh, are some of the best bits of the song. I'm realizing it's a very proggy song. I think Steve was Steve was like uh, trying to the genesis part of his brain here because it's very proggy. It's like all these themes coming in and. This is a really odd song. Now that I see the disaster is done, now they put all the blame onto me, that I feel I brought on a curse. Don't they know that tormented stays? It should be. So this this lyric site is another non-genius lyric site. But uh, what, what what can I say about that? It sounds a bit petty, mind, small-minded, like uh, and now it's my fault. Like, again, I, I'm not, yeah. I don't find it easy to like this Seven Sun character. It feels like he's an annoying prick. And yes. if we're going to sort of ironically play the devil's advocate in this situation, uh, it would be, I think that because for a lot of, a lot of times you get the, if in a situation where he's predicting all this bad stuff, 
the bad stuff actually happens. Well, the people assume, well, he probably caused it then, right? Because if he knew about it, he probably caused it. So I don't think it's it's not him you know, <laughs> sl- yeah. slamming the door in his room going, they don't understand my music. Uh, it's, it's him being like, well, that's they're going to hang me or burn me at the stake because of something I tried to warn them about that's not my fault. I still am annoyed by him a little you bit. Turned if they were doing that to me. Of course, true. That's true. In his defense. But I'm, I'm, I still don't I don't find him likable. But I, I talked with him. You have your theory, right? I talked to you about this song and how if I was a villager and some, some Jöns, I said in Swedish, which is basically a kind word for dork, I guess, or something. He would turn up and like, oh, the impending doom. I was, def- I would definitely be a villager that didn't listen to him, but I wouldn't blame him after. No, no, that's the difference. I would not blame him afterwards. I wouldn't burn him or blame him. People afterwards. did that back then. Like, oh shit, it actually happened. It actually happened. I would give him the credit for that. But then, when I first like really scan of the lyrics to these songs, I got to call back to which obviously when I've read it more through more like. In detail, mm. I got to call back to die with your boots, like predicting war for millions in the hope that one appears. Mm. And yeah, then in I that figured, song, he has my perspective on it, right? <laughs> like yeah. he's actually dissing the Krasa Maya prophecy. Mm. But then I have this very weird theory, which might need a bit of explanation. Uh, let's hit it. Let's take... hit it. So it's basically I'm a big Harry Potter fan, mm. uh, and uh, in the series there is this one teacher that teaches divination. Mm. And uh, I don't it's know if cool you guys are, are familiar with it, but... Uh, Very familiar. I will. Very familiar. Yeah. And then, uh, yeah, she's obviously a professor, so you think that she would uh, be, like, correct in her prophecies and uh, stuff like that. However, it turns out that uh, she made a prophecy about Voldemort, the sort of antagonist. She made a prophecy mm-hmm. that he would go on and, and try to kill Harry Potter, which sort of was the core of the whole series right he had a stab at having a stab at him yeah yeah Uh, so that was true and the prophecy was correct but then it turned out like every other prophecy turned out to be something she just made up could this be the case like with this seventh son which probably isn't the case because he's the seventh son he can actually see the future it turns out (laughs) he can but if i again if i was a villager the whole village that was doomed, uh, I would definitely think that he was making it up, yes. Yeah, but then, like, uh, no one is believed in my true prophecy. And then it could this be, which obviously isn't the case, but it was something that I thought, because he has said so much stuff that actually turned out not to be true. So, sort yeah, of like a stackers pair, as we have in, in Sweden. Yeah, or Pork and Varian. Yeah. yeah, the boy who cried wolf. I think that's a good uh, take on it, uh, definitely. I'm not sure Steve had that in mind but i i like it it makes probably it probably not since the Harry Potter series wasn't released but yeah well the boy who cried wolf was no, but around there's a general theme you know, and, and of course many reoccurring themes in harry potter is like a pretty classic fantasy i would say yeah and then you so you, you and you have like you're able to predict something so you predict something very bad it, it does happen and then you, and then you know, because how often, like for instance, like every now and again, and I've only been right a handful of times, where I'd be like, oh, I have a bad feeling about this, and then it turned out bad. That often you have a bad feeling, and it turns out you're just it's all up in your head. Yeah, we talked about Tom Petty a couple weeks ago. What's the most things I worry about uh, don't happen anyway. Well, imagine if you did have like a bit of that sort of the psychic thing going, you'd be terrified that every time you had a bad feeling about anything. That it was, it was fucking. That's gonna happen. That'd be really bad. That'd be a horrible way to go to life. Yeah, or maybe you would be terrified and 
sure that would happen actually yeah. it's, it's, but it's would you ever be able before. to live alive that's my sort yeah, of yeah live alive he's probably not right he's no. like he had, he had a date rape with satan that's bruce's words not mine in the evil that men do and uh, i was thinking about i think i mentioned this before but it's a bit mm. curious and very steve harrisy how the whole thing came about he there was this um, clairvoyant lady who died and steve was like i wonder if she could foresee her own death and that's the start of everything it's kind of a the question doesn't intrigue I've, me whatsoever. Like I don't, I don't, I don't care if she could, she could or not. Probably she couldn't. It's like it's, it's just I interesting th- to me that Steve's well, mind goes curious when something like that happens. I think, that, I think there's time. enough um, in the sort of people who study this kind of stuff and whatever you believe, whatever you think about this kind of stuff. And there's people who dedicate their lives to figuring this stuff out and all this kind of you know spiritual spiritualism and all that kind of shit. I, I, I think sort of one thing is sort of reoccurring thing. Is that generally speaking, people who, who who claim to have these kind of gifts rarely can predict stuff about themselves. Okay. Oh. There, there was there was this there was this. Uh, um, well, isn't that convenient? Probably not. <laughs> I mean, there's there there's a guy there's a guy uh, in the I don't know fifties maybe called Edgar Casey, who was a, was a famous psychic uh, and a lot of other stuff too, um, and he did sort of figure out a lot of stuff that uh, I mean here okay I'm not gonna be able to. Give the, do this justice, and the, just because it's going to go on for too long. But, I, but he did. He would sometimes see see things before they happen, have visions. I think that. But he he eventually, uh, he, I can't remember how he died, but it was something that was very preventable. But he and he just didn't think about it was going to happen, and it did happen. So anyway, All right. But it's an interesting topic. We can linger a tad little more on it uh, because uh, it's very interesting. Uh, also, I wanted mm. to ask divinations. What is that? I know it's a Mastodon song and a kind of a. Dark is it a dark art or just a magic art? Is it like alchemy? What is what is divinations? In Harry Potter, it's uh, it is the it is the sort of um, you know interpreting prophecies yeah. and like trying to see into the future. Is it like stuff. I remember they read in tea leaves and sort of look into crystal bubbles and oh sorry yeah stuff stuff all that cool shit. Yeah. <laughs> it reminds me also of Rasputin, uh, who was I think a prophet. Yeah. He was like he he became like one of the most important men in the whole country because he managed to like save the prince from uh, some bad disease. I think mm. just by being a cool guy. That's a very quick version of what happened. But uh, he, I think, I just wanted to say that I think you can foresee the future because I don't think time exists. So I think you can see it if you're if you're good at seeing the now, you can probably predict mm. some of the future. I think it's. I think it's fully think possible. Could be true. Fully possible. I mean, I. I think I. I, I mean, I do. I, I mean, I. I. I, I, I want to believe in a lot of stuff. I don't necessarily, actually, all the way believe in. But I do think perhaps there's something to some of that stuff. Uh, it says here. So, so it says divination. The definition is the practice of seeking knowledge of the future, or on or the unknown by supernatural means. So. Okay. Quite vague, but cool. Yeah. Yeah. Very cool. I mean, it's uh, it's very like I said earlier. You can really see that it's Steve lyrics, uh, and uh, the concept. I I like this song. I have to say it. I even think that it's one of the cooler songs on the album. However, mm-hmm. is it really necessary for Iron Maiden to teach me about like someone seeing through the in the future? Like I I feel like the whole like concept of the lyrics is pretty unnecessary. That's what I mean about that fortune teller who died. 
the, the lady fortune teller like i i don't feel intrigued by this but I, it's kind of cool slash cute that steve is intrigued by it enough to make a concept record They just cram in a, a ton of the devil here. Yeah, just devil right? and the sevens and the... Like, like all the devil words. Yeah. Hell is there. Purgatory is there as well. Lucifer is there. Uh, life after death is there kind of reassuring uh, to a point where it gets a little it's a little bit like when uh, tony martin was writing lyrics for black sabbath and he was doing a shit ton of devil stuff because he thought that well that's what black sabbath does and then tony Yomi was like yeah, can you ease off on the devil things <laughs> it's not that cool so uh, it's a bit like that overcompensating perhaps there's sevens obviously across the whole album but it's not good lyrics and i feel like steve probably had a bit of a panic oh if we were, if we were going to make it a concept album we really need yeah. to make it clear that this is sort of supposed to be a concept album which is probably isn't i had a hard time like when i got this song about how was i going to approach it like is yeah. it a song out of uh, many hundreds of songs in major's catalog or is it as a song out of a concept album i ended up with the first uh, with the first thought. oh interesting because i look at it as like the the, the latter point actually now that i think of it I look at it way more as a part of Seven Sun. I feel very, it's very hard to compare it to Twenty uh, Two Acacia Avenue or mm. or Children of the Damned uh, for me anyway. What do you think, Eric? I think that as I was listening to it today for the first time in quite a while, I must admit, I also agree that this is a song that exists very well and serves its purpose, and I enjoy very much when it's bookended by the two songs. It's bookended by, I think that's kind of what's supposed to be. Uh, like if you take like um, like I, I probably should have an example ready to go but like if there's like a song like with just like like sometimes there'll be like a short like interlude between two other songs or something in some albums some, some bands do that like a glue probably that interlude is not meant to just be uh, an, an, enti- an entity that exists on its own it, it just but it's and I think here this is something I very clearly I, I feel that it's supposed to be where it's supposed to be and it because you know it's no I this is this is probably one of the few times this song has been singled out in the way we're singling it out here. I don't think this has happened. It's a glue. It's a glue type song, but it's also perfectly placed in the sequence of the album. Uh, even musically, I think perfectly placed. Uh, like I, I, I would not like to have it gone. For sure, I wouldn't like that. It's a very important part of Seven Sun. No, but you you guys are actually making me think more along the lines of what you're or along the lines of what you're saying. So I, I don't think that this song is supposed to be picked out and anal- analyzed uh, mm. by itself. I feel like you should sort of like... They're not, not even featured by itself, I don't no, think. No, no. It feels like definitely part of, 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 uh, of this record in, in a way mm. that Maiden wouldn't meddle with that often. Uh, I had another dumb thought. Is this the Quest for Fire on this record? It has some, it's like a similar rhythm. Could be. Similar rhythm, but it's way better than Quest for Fire. I yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh yeah, I agree. Yeah, you get the outro first with the cymbal chokes and distortion, electric. And 
and then it morphs into that heaven and hell thing. Cool outro, I like the outro a lot. It's like acoustic part that comes in here. Yeah. I like it a lot. Yeah, I like this vent too a lot. It's based on the same tonality. This is very much seventh sound to me. It sounds like a bard thing, you know. And it's very nicely played. Dave has got something to do with this song. But it's cool how it's based on that uh, brief electric outro mm. with the, the cymbal chokes. And it's the same, uh, it's actually the same bit, but it's uh, like fleshed out with more notes. Yeah. yeah. I really like that last bit. I remember way back when I did actually learn how to play that. That's the one bit I learned how to play because I thought it sounded really cool. Probably my favorite bit of the song. I thought it sounded cool on acoustic guitar and that's what I had available at the time and it, it did sound pretty cool. Nice. Actually, I had a funny thought before the episode. Imagine if they'd play this song live now. <laughs> like, mm. It wouldn't make any sense. No, but make any like sense. the only place where it would make sense if, is if they did like uh, some Full album. In a hole. Mm. Full album, yeah. yeah. But only the good are young, however, sad that they haven't played it. They should play it all the time. It's a great song. It's a brief, it's a, it's a hard hitter. I love, love that song. I'm actually going to be a bit controversial here and say that I like this song more than Only the Good are Young. Okay, that's cool. Mm -hmm. it's, um, we, we didn't talk list in Power Slave. It was clearly on the list, though. So you can go ahead and add it if you didn't, Derek. And what oh, yeah, about sure, yeah. this song? Is it going to be on the list? I'd like to hear... Uh, Myself say yes or no last. All right, and you guys go ahead. Uh, well, guess. Oh, do you want me to go first, or how do you want to do it? It's, it's up to you. Yeah, uh, guess first then. Guess first. No, you. I'm actually going to go ahead and say yes. That's cool. For me, it's a really a hidden gem. And for interest, even though now it's clearly on, what would you say, Eric? Yeah, I I think it's got to be on there too. Uh, it might not. It might not be there forever. Might not. You know. So, so this was unexpected. I thought you guys would say no, and then I would come in and shock everyone with a yes, because I also want to put it on the list. That's kind of boring, actually. I, I, I would hope that one of you would say no. <laughs> yeah, yeah. well, it, this did destroy a bit of the drama, but uh, this is uh, this is infotainment. It's, this is not a drama. Uh, like, if you want to re-edit it and say that I was... No, but I mean, I it's, it's also it. pretty cool that we all wanted it on there. Uh, as an odd song as it is, and I don't even think the lyrics were that good or anything, but I have this strong urge to put it on the list uh, that it, it can't be denied. I w once again want to tie back to my cousin who had this uh, amazing say. Like, Go for uh, it. Good riffs and good solos and over -go good instrumentals can save bad lyrics, however good lyrics can't save bad melodies. I kind of agree. I think there, I have some examples where the lyrics are so good that uh, it actually saves uh, not bad melodies, but uh, uninteresting melodies. Oh, not, not bad, no, not at all. Maybe monot monotonous melodies or something can be saved to me by good lyrics. I'm actually becoming more and more into lyrics. I started out like most metalheads, not caring about lyrics. And But I totally agree that a good melody, you can bring home pretty dank lyrics, like and make it work nice. This song is a perfect example, of it, I feel like. Yeah. The lyrics is probably among the worst on the album, actually. But 
Yeah, still it's on the list. I would say so. I would say so. Still, it's on the list. Oh, yeah. yeah, because I list. just feel like it has to be on the list. Yeah. <laughs> just out of curiosity, is there any songs on this album that you have done that you haven't put on the list? <sighs> what do you think, Eric? I don't think so. I don't know. I I I uh, I don't think so. Frankly, I don't think so. Um, like if I think through them now, I want them all on the list. Yeah. I mean, I think it's that's sort of just the nature of it being one of our our favorite, one of our favorite albums, I guess. Yeah, yeah, this um, is definitely the, terrible. Killer songs, and I mean, uh, to level with you, Theo, uh, "Can I Play with Madness" was a difficult one for me for the longest time. It was actually not until I played it that I really started to love it, and also actually it started when we heard when we did the episode. That's when I started to like uh, we're hearing that drum track, and then also playing it. It's a great song. I actually listened to your version of it. With the infinite maiden, and I, that sort of made me like the song even more. Oh, cool! And I'm actually going to go ahead and say this, and this is not because of your podcast or something, this is just out of pure opinions. I actually kind of dig that more than the studio version, actually, by Maiden. Well, thanks a lot for that. And I remember you, like Eric, you pointed out that Sara is uh, pretty damn good at the, the mic. Yeah, she's awesome. She is. <laughs> I also even wanted to talk about Mandrake Project very quickly. Take your temperature on it, Eric. I think you, I don't think you were in the room for that, but uh, yeah. No, I think it's going to be cool. I think that I, I'm looking forward to it. I was hoping we'd get something more to hear by now, like he would drop a single at the same time. Uh, I hope that's not the final artwork because it looked kind of cheesy. He looks like a uh, Las Vegas magician. <laughs> yes, he's, he looks like he's about to ask us to suspend our disbelief and believe in magic. Yeah, yeah. But, uh, Unbelievable. But believe it. <laughs> Yeah, it's, it's, uh, it's I feel like he looks really fit. Actually, he doesn't look. He is fit. Yeah, no, I don't. No, he, he, that's, he is it's fit. Just, it, <laughs> because yeah, he is. He does. But, <laughs> but someone told uh, Metal Pilgrim said that maybe the way he stands is supposed to cover up important imagery behind him, which could be a symbol of some alien variation. Didn't his wife yeah, said that that wasn't going to be the album artwork? That could uh, be on yeah, the yeah, Pilgrim that, channel as well. That's, actually, that's reassuring. That's good. And actually, I too, I like the fact that we haven't heard much. I can wait. I can wait for the full but thing. The the little teaser that we got. I'm really intrigued by that. Actually, that was cool. It sounded like it was down tuned to A or something as well. Really low tuning, yeah. which is cool. We'll go for rotation. I think. I can go first. To be honest, I've, I've been uh, pretty much in a maiden mood lately. However, I would like to pull out 
a little bit of black metal actually. It's a uh, band from uh, Norway called Mork, which I think or Mork. Oh, I saw them uh, last spring. They were really good. The whole album uh, Cathedralen, it's called, uh, is amazing. However, I would like to lift out a song called Arv, which is uh, heritage. Arv, heritage. Yes. A song in uh, Norwegian, but. Uh, the lyrics are cool, but they're not that important. And if you like uh, stuff like uh, Satyricon, Bursum to some extent, you will love this. Uh, actually, on the, on the language topic, Greg said once, uh, he talked about Halve Kruner from Finland, and he said, like, of course, the lyrics could be fast food orders for all I know, and <laughs> didn't yeah, matter. No. So I think, actually, and also I would say the Nordic languages are nice for singing. A lot of vowels. It is. Cool, cool. Uh, you and me did this recently, Eric, but maybe you have a mention or something you just want me to play. One sort of thing on the way home, it was like a perfect kind of autumn evening. I was like, oh, this is nice. This is, this is what I live for. And there's a song from when, from when I was a... A wee lad, a wee of, lad. Uh, no, no more than, I don't know, like, I don't know how old it was, but uh, I remember seeing a Cradle of Filth video for a song called Her Ghost in the Fog, and that song will always be early autumn for me. And I just love that, I love that song, it's one of the best songs, if, if not their best song. And so I had to bust that one out today too. You know, it, it's I wouldn't even call it. I guess it's sort of fall into the category of like symphonic black metal, if you want to call it. Symphonic theatrical goth uh, metal. Sure, and that's the same same thing you'd say. Like for me, like I don't know, they started there, but Dima Borger definitely ended up there. Yeah, for sure. There's tons. There's tons of others, I, but you know, and I think Dima Borger are easier to because I think his voice is less distressing. Because uh, I think <laughs> it, after a while, like how that the Cradle of Filth guy goes, like Jesus Christ, you know, it, it gets a bit much after a while. Yeah, but I, I mean, it's a unique though. It's a stamp. Uh, I, I, both those bands get respect from me, even though they don't get listens. I wouldn't say that I'm into any of them, but I like Cradle of Filth more than uh, Demon Burger actually. Yeah, yeah, I can respect both and what they have done. Um, I don't think it destroys anything. You still have your uh, true black metal, if you like that. It's still out there. They didn't take it yeah, away. Yeah. Right? Okay, uh, I mentioned John Coltrane last time. You did. But actually, I will mention the Somberlane. I listened to that. Oh. And I really enjoyed it, actually. more, Maybe even more now than in my teens. Mm. Um, I feel because it wasn't really like the, my main focus of the band at any time. It's a very cool album. Some tracks are weaker, I would say, than 
uh, anything later, uh, but uh, it's also the first record. They were very young. Yeah. May I ask you which one is your favorite, if you have any, from that album? Actually, there's two songs on this album that are my two favorite songs of the band. Oh. It's uh, the title track, Somberlane, I think yeah. is a great track, both beautiful and brutal in a way that they can surely master, and then A Land Forlorn, I think. Oh, that sounds brilliant. Yeah. I actually asked my uncle this summer which one his favorite song was. He said Heaven's Damnation, but then he also said that uh, that's probably not as fitting because he wrote it himself, so yeah. Yeah, well actually it's cool that you can do that. Uh, it's the least played I can see on Spotify, if that says anything. <laughs> yeah, it's a, really the whole band is a deep cut band, sort of. But Kind of, yeah, like they're not even on a million on this record on any track, which is surprising to me. Because they're a household name in the in extremer metal circle. But then Storm of the Light's Bane, what's their big breakthrough? I'll yeah, that probably has uh, quite a bit north of a million on a few songs. So does actually uh, Rain Cows as well. Yeah. Where they didn't lie about three million on Spotify. There we go. This section will be it. Yeah, that's fitting. And uh, I think uh, Land Forlorn, that melody at the end, is a great way to, to end Wonderful. the experience for the listener. great to have you on for this deal. Thank you for having me. It was a pleasure. Very nice, curious song to head into. If, if the nerds in Iron Maiden or Sweden need any proof, maybe that should be the proof. Like, uh, you head in for the prophecy right away. It's like going in a deep end. It's a difficult song. I'm gonna say that. I'm sure the, the Iron Maiden or Sweden are too busy sort of scrambling to their keyboards to type to tell everyone that they actually have this podcast on vinyl, so... <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, we should sign off with uh, some words. Indeed. All right. The words are good. I will start and then we can just... Uh... Actually, uh, I think uh, it's very clear in this case, Theo, you have to do Skål from the North because you're the most northern most host that we've had. Yeah. So I'll how do about I do... I'll do something and then I'll pass it over to you, Jonathan, and then you pass it over to him, all right? Yes. All right. So thank you for this uh, it's been a delightful evening and... Uh, from all of us to all of you up the irons the whole village is doomed and score from the north hey there we go
Maiden A to Z, innit?